0: Hi everyone, and welcome to AtScale's data-driven podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, it's Bill Inman, the father of the data warehouse. Bill, thanks so much for uh, joining the podcast today.
1: It's my pleasure to be here.
0: Great, great. Well, Bill, um, you know uh, everybody who's been in data and analytics knows of Bill Inman and all your 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 writings and 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 uh, and, and all your research and uh, what you've done for data warehousing over the years, um, me included. Uh, so um, I've read your books and have lived and built, built companies um, <laughs> around your concepts. So, uh, you know, Bill, I, I think that uh, myself and the audience would just love to hear how you got involved in data and analytics. You know, what how did it all, how did it all begin for Bill Heman?
1: Well, Dave, it's a strange story, but I'll be happy to share it with you. Uh, When I was 10 years old, I picked up a golf club and I I fell in love with golf and I wanted all my life to be a professional golfer. Uh, I I was a good golfer. I was never a great golfer, uh, but I was a good golfer. And uh, uh, when I got out of college, I I tried uh, for a year uh, to make it on the PGA Tour. And I found out then that I was not good enough. And I had, I, I tell people I had my own midlife crisis, at, uh, uh, very early in life, which, which is a certain amount of truth because, uh, uh, when I was 28 years old, I quit golf and I never, uh, never looked back. Uh, I, I had the, uh, honor and distinction of playing with, uh, golfers you would know. Uh, uh, I played at the same uh, golf course with a guy named Lee Trevino and, wow. and, and, uh, I knew Lee Trevino before, before he was anywhere near famous. He was just a, a, an assistant professional at a place called Horizon Hills Country Club in El Paso, Texas, and I was a high school student. And I, I, my best friend's uh, uh, father was friends with Lee. And when I was in high school, I used to play with Lee on a regular basis. And uh, uh, Lee, and he, but first off, he's a really nice guy. I mean, I mean, I mean a genuinely nice guy. Uh, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, but uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, and, and I, I was a good golfer. I was not a great golfer, but I was a good golfer. And uh, I, I'll tell you one quick little Lee Trevino story. Uh, the last time I played with him was at a place called El Paso Country Club, uh, uh, and and we were playing the 18th hole. And the 18th hole is surrounded by water. And it, it has a a, a a very high hump on the green. And Lee was about 100 and, I don't know, 150 yards off the green. And and he said, well, he says, I'm going to hit this shot. Uh, it's going to have a lot of backspin. It's going to uh, hit the green. It's going to uh, uh, come down the green. It's going to break to the left. And and this is 150 yards out. He almost made the shot. He almost made an eagle. <laughs> And and I and I thought about it, you know. In my wildest imagination, I could never ever hit a shot like that. I mean, I mean, I mean, his level of skill was beyond anything that I could even imagine. So so anyway, I I, I tried for a year. I was a, a a professional at a a little golf course in Louisiana, and and uh, uh, I got tired of starving to death. So. One day, I was looking in the newspaper, and there was an ad for programmers. Now, back in those days and age, uh, there weren't many people that were programmers, and I had taken a couple of courses in college on programming, and, and I, I had very basic skills in programming. I went and applied for the job, and uh, uh, that's how I got in. I, I, I just plain got tired of starving to death, and, and uh, I, that's how I got into uh, computers, and uh, I got into into uh, computers as a programmer, a COBOL <laughs> programmer, and and uh, COBOL. You don't hear that word much anymore.
0: No, nah, um, I'm no COBOL. I remember uh, COBOL is one of my first languages I learned. <laughs>
1: yeah, and uh, so uh, I was a COBOL programmer, and I started in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, uh, at Western Electric, and uh, 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 and then then I took it from there.
0: So um so you 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 sell yourself short. If you were on the PGA tour, Bill, you're pretty good at you're pretty good at golf. I mean there's a, that's an elite elite group of people. So that's pretty amazing. Well, so um yeah.
1: They the I, I can tell you we can sit here and talk all day long about it. I, I I was a good golfer, I was never a great golfer. Let me tell you something. Those guys you see on TV, every one of them is great. I mean, every one of them is 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 great, and uh, I was never never a great golfer.
0: Well, Bill, did you? I mean, did you have a background in 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 software or or, or engineering, or you know, how did you how did you get a job as a COBOL programmer? Um, if your, your goal was to be a, a a pro golfer.
1: Well, when I was going to college, uh, when I was going to college, I took a couple of courses uh, in in technology. And computers. And I mean, I, I took them because it, they were interesting and they were interesting. And uh, I, I just kind of wandered into w- w- way back when. And I mean, this is in the 1960s. There weren't many computer courses. There were mm-hmm. a few, but <coughs> <coughs> but there wasn't very much back in those days. So mm-hmm. it it was an accident.
0: Yeah um it's I, I end up in also in software as an accident i was an economics major and just uh thought thought that uh writing basic on my apple 2 plus was was a hobby and somehow it turned into a job so uh that that's that's amazing so you're 20 years old got your job as a as a cobol programmer um and uh and obviously no databases at the time so what no. was your what was the first, uh, you know, what was the sort of the first aha when it came to, you know, relational databases? And, and how did you get involved in, in, in being a pioneer in that space?
1: Well, uh, I was working at the time for a company in El Paso, Texas, El Paso Natural Gas. And they brought in IBM's IMS and I learned IMS. And, <laughs> and for whatever reason, uh, for whatever reason, I have an aptitude. Towards uh, data structures, I uh, to me understanding data structures was as simple as as falling off a log. And so uh, we all have different aptitudes, and my aptitude happens to be I am good at understanding data.
0: So uh, you know, at the same time, you know, um, you know, a lot of us also know about Ralph Kimball, and and you guys were sort of con- concurrent, and you know, had. Had uh, different uh, different approaches, similar but different approaches to data warehousing at the time. So I'm just curious, Bill, did did, did were you and Ralph? Did you guys know each other? Or were you because you're in the same ecosystem? Was there any kind of like relationship there or or? You know, I, with, with-
1: I've known Ralph personally and worked with Ralph personally on many occasions, and uh, I used to have a conference. I invited Ralph to speak at the conference on many occasions, and uh, Ralph and I have never had one bad word between us—not uh, 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 n- n- one. And uh, uh, I read some of these articles in the paper about me and Ralph Kimball, and you—you you, know—you'd think that there was something awful there. There's nothing awful. Ralph is a decent, intelligent, nice person. Now, now I will say this much: Ralph understands data marks what ralph was writing about was Mm -hmm. data marks not a data warehouse and Mm -hmm. from a structural standpoint there is an architectural difference between uh uh, Mm -hmm. a a data mart and a data warehouse but but uh, uh, uh i've never had one bad word with ralph kimball
0: i love that i love that so um and obviously it's um you know we we've seen and we grew up in the during the, the data warehouse boom and a lot of companies spent a lot of money on data warehousing and and I happened to be in you know working for Yahoo at the time and data lakes and 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 we invented Hadoop and all of a sudden the data warehouse was sort of out of out of favor now we had data lakes and you know we threw all that out and now we're back to data warehouses and and data warehousing concepts again um so it's it's really kind of crazy so you know, given the focus and you see companies like like uh, Snowflake and databricks and and the like. so Bill, like what do you think what what do you think went wrong during that first phase of data warehousing? Um, and then what do you think people are are doing different today uh, to sort of not repeat the I guess mistakes of the past or the disillusionment of the past with the that, new generation of technology?
1: That's actually the an easy answer. At the time when data warehouse first started, The large consulting companies were just ending their year year 2K experience. And the Mm -hmm. large consulting companies were looking around for the next big thing to take all of those consultants and keep their billing rates up. And Mm -hmm. so that's when Data Warehouse came along. And and I can tell you firsthand, those large companies, and I'm not going to mention them by name here, but you know who they are, those large consulting companies. They didn't understand data warehouse from 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 uh, Kleenex, and 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 uh, 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 but but they, they 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 would tell people, oh yeah, we're going to build a data warehouse for you. And the things they built were no more data warehouses than a cow could fly. And 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 I, I blame both the consulting companies, but more than anything, I blame the people that bought into the consulting company. What mm-hmm. makes you think that a consulting company understands uh, uh, what's right? So there were all of these monstrosities that were built that were not data warehouses. And what's interesting is it's it's, it's data warehousing got the blame. It's oh we tried to build a data warehouse and it failed. They didn't build mm-hmm. a data warehouse, uh, uh, Dave. It's it's like it's like you having your next door neighbor rob a bank and then the police come and arrest you for robbing mm-hmm. the bank. Wait a minute. I'm not. I didn't do it, you know. But uh, uh, so, uh, so, so that's what happened. The 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 hunger that drives a data warehouse is believable data. As long as people want believable data that they can mm-hmm. rely upon to make decisions, uh, that's what is behind the data warehouse, and and that's why data warehouse has has lived uh, to this day.
0: Yeah, and it's popular again. So, so what what are the some of the things that that enterprises and companies out there? So, what is a different? What is what is a, a an approach that they can sort of do? That's 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 not the hiring the consultants of the past. So, what what kinds of things do you see? Have you seen Bill that that seem to be working uh, for this new well, generation?
1: God bless the people. Enough people took the time to understand what we were talking about. And and, and the, the transformation that has to occur to data, thank goodness enough people uh, took the time to understand how to build a data warehouse properly, that there are a lot of real success stories out there. And, mm-hmm. and if it hadn't been for those people, I don't know what would have happened. But uh, 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 no thanks to the, I'm not going to mention the name of the companies, but uh, no thanks to the large consulting companies that, raped and pillaged uh their customers and uh, took their customers money uh without knowing what was doing but uh uh but there were enough people that took the time to understand the fundamentals behind data warehouse that that it thrives today
0: yeah you know i was uh i've been involved in a lot of seen a lot of projects that have failed and it's always sort of boils down to trying to trying to boil the ocean, really. Trying to do everything at once and have it be the end all. And it just seems like, you know, without getting a win, you're like, you know, spending two years on working on something, you have no feedback. And then at the end of two years, people are tired and they've they've done other things. And, and th- those other things are often worse than what they could have done if we just, uh, you know, they would have been more agile to begin with. So- And, uh, and, and Dave, yeah.
1: we never said boil the ocean never yeah i know never. we said do it incrementally do it right. in iteration at a time and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and the people that were successful that's what they did and it worked well for them but these people i'm sorry don't get me started on on on, <laughs> on the failures
0: yeah I'm, I'm with you so looking we're looking forward to don't, don't boil the ocean is the is the message to the audience here um you know when um uh so you know, you know, Billy, you're not even close to being done yet in this industry. I mean, you're still a prolific writer, um, and you just published a new book called "Building the Data uh, Data Data Lakehouse." So, building the data lakehouse, you guys should look it up for listeners of the pod here. Um, so, um, so tell me, uh, what made you what made you write uh, this new book and and talk to us about, you know, what it means, what the lakehouse means, and and should mean to the to the world and the audience.
1: Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you my perspective. My perspective is data architecture is like an ever-evolving river. It's like the Mississippi River. The Mississippi River from one day to the next is never the same. It's it's always changing. It's, something's happening on the Mississippi, and the same goes to data architecture. Uh, what's happened is uh, okay. This is kind of involved subject, but I'll, I'll I'll try to describe it. What's happened is data warehousing. Uh, really uh, applies to structured transaction-based data. That's really the heart of data warehousing. But there's other data in the corporation that's that's viable and important data as well. And Mm -hmm. so our friends at uh, mostly uh, Databricks, but our friends uh, in the world have said, gee, there's other data that's out there. Uh, Let's start to be able to use it analytically. And... uh, (laughs) So the evolution of data architecture now includes uh, the, the data lake house, which includes a whole different type of data. And so I look at the data lake house as merely the next step in the evolution of data architecture.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so we, uh, we, you and I have talked a lot about this, that – that it's, uh, you know, being being able to incorporate semi-structured and unstructured data in with what typically data warehouses have been very structured, very rows and columns. Yep. Um, and and it actually introduces a new challenge because if you have semi-structured unstructured data, you know, you do have to apply some structure. We, you know, we we always talk about a semantic layer. You can't have a semantic layer if you don't have some structure to the data. Yeah. So so, Bill, you've also been talking a lot about um, about how to how to take that that semi structured data or unstructured data and make it uh, and make it uh, structured. Um, I think you call it textual ETL. Um, So so talk to us a little bit about about what that means.
1: Surely, if you look at the data in the corporation, there's really three kinds of data in the corporation. There's structured data, textual data and machine generated data. And uh, there's a lot of really valuable information that's tied up in text that have been overlooked for a variety of reasons. Have been overlooked by by the industry. And uh, 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 what what we have is technology that allows you to uh, read text and turn text into uh, uh, a standard database. Once you've done that, you can then start to do amazing. Analytical processing against it, so uh, 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 so that that's what uh, text is all about. So
0: yeah, and I, and I've noticed uh, that it's it, it's it's particularly useful, you know, when looking at medical records. Uh, medical records meaning doctors' notes are, are are absolutely unstructured, but there's there's nuggets of gold in there that um, are incredibly important, um, and I think your technology. With textual etl is able to turn that into something that's useful um, for analytics and machine learning
1: and i'm happy to report that uh, uh, we're doing some really major league projects right now exactly on that we we, we have every intention of uh, changing the way medical research
0: is done yeah that's 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 amazing that's amazing how how far we've come well, you know, um, uh, on a on a, a related but a little bit different topic, I mean, we have, um, you know, we have a, a war going on between, you know, the, the the traditional or not traditional, but the new cloud data warehouse versus a data lake. Um, so, you know, you know, Bill, it would really help for someone who knows both um, and is a pioneer, really in in both. You know, what should people take away with this whole? Is it is it is this a phony argument? Is this really a, a real architectural choice, a data warehouse versus a data lakehouse? What's your you know what's your what's your take on this whole um, kind of a, a little bit of a war of vendors going on right now?
1: Uh, and it's it's a war that's going to break into a bigger war, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, and and I don't mean to insult or uh, offend anybody, but I'm going to tell you right now. Putting data, if you have a mess and you put your mess on the cloud, what do you have? You have a mess on the cloud. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of people that think, oh, we put it on the cloud and that makes it okay. No, it doesn't make it okay. Uh, 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 All you have is transferred the mess elsewhere. So uh, I'm not a big fan of just putting something on the cloud for the sake of putting it on the cloud. If you're gonna put it on the cloud, you need to clean the data up. And so I'm very reluctant to uh, get behind people that put things on the cloud for the sake of putting it on the cloud. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the other people that are out there that are building the data lake house, they recognize that there is, uh, they wanna clean up that mess. And, and, and so I'm, if I had, to choose a, uh, uh, a a horse in a race, I'd be very much betting on uh, the people that uh, are facing the problems of cleaning up the mess uh, b- before, because because you can put stuff on the cloud, Dave, and it doesn't matter if you put it on the cloud. If it's a mess when it goes on the cloud, it's going to be a mess on the cloud. And 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 uh, I, I hate to say it, but I think. Uh, our industry has seen so many silver bullets of mm-hmm. of uh, uh, of uh, well, you just do this, and, mm-hmm. and 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 those silver bullets never work out. I mean, I remember uh, just go big data, man. Just just put it in big data, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and 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 that makes it right. I I remember, <clears throat> gosh, I remember, I remember way back when. Uh, 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 this this takes me back, but when people said, well, gee. Now we have COBOL. Even secretaries are going to be writing COBOL. <laughs> of, we, we laugh at it now, but, but, but those and, – and then not to pick on IBM and DB2, but I remember it says, gee, guys, if you just put it in DB2, all your problems go away. Oh, that – it's laughable now that we actually took those people seriously.
0: Yeah, look, it's like it's, it's, it's always – I think we always <clears> overestimate <throat> the capacity of – of regular folks business folks who just have a their, their job to do and the amount of time that they want to learn technology to be able to make data useful to them yeah. and and i think we've done a really poor job over the years and so i that's my passion for why i started at scale it's like look data needs to be usable by everyone not just somebody who is a data engineer who understands or or like you understands data structures you know it's like um if if we do that you know we really we we really raise the bar to the point where only a few people can actually use data to make to make decisions, um, yep. and and we don't want that. So we want to make it approachable for everyone, and hopefully, you know, people are 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 doing analysis and they don't even realize they're doing it. It's just there's it's part of their job as opposed to, you know, doing what we traditionally call data data um, analysis. So yep. you know that that's that's I think is would be a good goal for people in our industry. Everyone is a data analyst. Yeah. Get rid of the title "data analyst." Everyone is a data analyst.
1: And and, um, and, and, I, and Dave, I think I think you are absolutely correct. I mean, I I support what you said one hundred percent.
0: I love it. So we're working working towards that end. So, um, so you know, Bill. So, um, uh, you know, just for some 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 young folks out there. So you started out. You know, on the PGA tour and you ended up being the father of the data warehouse. Um, what What advice would you give uh, some folks starting out um, for how they can really make an impact in data and analytics or what, what kind of advice would you give would you give people, young people to get started in an industry like ours?
1: Well, I, I actually teach a little class in college and, and I, I love working with uh, uh, young men and young women. I really do. And 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 here's what I tell them: I, I I I don't want to demean doing the nuts and bolts of technology, being being an IT person. But but the as far as I'm concerned, the exciting place in the corporation is where the decisions are being made. And mm-hmm. doing analytics, not doing database design, we've got to Look, we've got to have people that do those. Those things and, and, and they've got to be done right. But uh, at the end of the day, doing analytics is uh, uh, where the important corporate decisions are being made. And 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 trying to do. I mean, I'm I'm a big big fan of analytics. And uh, 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 so if I had a young man or young woman uh, sitting here talking to them, I'd say you know get to where. You're doing analysis for information about, about products, about new customers, about new revenue. Uh, uh, Those are all of the good places to be.
0: That's terrific advice. That's great. So Bill, one, one last question, which is really about um, um, predicting the future. So I'll put you on the spot. Um, What do you think is next for data and analytics? What do you, what, what should we, what should we be on the lookout for?
1: Well, now, now, I have to admit that I have a prejudiced opinion, but you sure. ask me the questions, I'm giving my prejudice. The world of text uh, uh, in the corporation is untapped. It's like California in 1848. There, mm-hmm. the, there, there is this land sitting there. You know, you know. It's interesting. I've heard stories. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard stories that in 1848 you could literally walk into the streams of California and start to pick up gold. Now, mm-hmm. it may not have been that easy, but, uh, uh, but but there was the gold there. That's where the gold was and it was there and you could find it. And, and to me, uh, uh, when you take a look at text, there's medical records, there's corporate contracts, there's uh, data on the internet, there is hearing the voice of the customer, there's email, there's all of this land out there, this 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 this, this opportunity out there that's never been touched, and and believe me, there is great opportunity there. So uh, uh, that's that's where I think the future is going to be, and uh, uh, that that's my humble opinion.
0: Well, that's an, that's that's exciting because you're right. Uh, um, you know, if you if you tra- probably look at the amount of data that we collect um it's 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 mostly text it's mostly unstructured um and that's what really is driving all the data we're collecting and it's just sitting there um and sitting there on servers on on disk doing nothing yeah um so turning that into information turning that data into information i love that 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 is uh that's a that's that's a great area to explore so so listeners you heard it from bill the, the man himself um, there's a, let's go and let's tackle that problem. Um, and Bill, I want to thank you so much for spending time with me and, uh, and, and, uh, and talking about, uh, everything you've done for the industry and what you're doing, um, right now and in the future. So thanks so much for joining us, Bill.
1: Thank you, Dave. My, my pleasure.
0: Have a great, have a great day. Thanks.
1: Same to you. Bye-bye.